0: Hey, everybody, you've just tuned in to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And we certainly know you are probably in no mood to really want to talk too much Steelers. But uh, then maybe again, you're a glutton for punishment and you're here because the Pittsburgh Steelers are one and two. uh, After starting the season with a uh, great victory on the road in Buffalo that most people did not see coming. They have now dropped two in a row, both at home in Hinesfield to teams that most of us, including myself, thought that they would win. And, boy, it has been ugly, ugly, ugly and uh, uh, in a number of ways. Let's just put it that way. But uh, this is Steel Dad, and uh, joining me tonight is Ian. Uh, Ian, it is great to, uh, well, hear you tonight uh hope everybody is well there in western pa
1: yes so we uh
0: ran into some technical difficulties
1: with the show you know kind of just like the Steelers our show was very excited to pull out our all our new bells and whistles this year the Steelers had a new offense with Matt Canada running the show they were going to have all this motion they were going to do all this stuff our show was converting to video format we were going to you know not only people see our faces that were made for radio but also you yeah. know like last week we could share some film and break it down and do some cool things and now the Steelers are are out of ideas, as Mike Tomlin said, and we are out of, you know, a video for tonight and we're back on uh, just audio. But, you know, we wanted to record because like, right you said we are kind of gluttons for punishment and we will do our best to soldier through and we will not give up. We will not throw a check down pass on fourth and 10. We will soldier on and uh, we will record the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No fourth down swing passes uh, right here. uh, Ian, you're exactly right. And uh, yeah, we just uh, nothing on our end. It's just a matter of, uh, uh our, our, uh, uh, our platform just uh, being filled with memory right now, and they got to clean some out for us. And uh, hopefully, they'll have that up and, and running by the next time we record. So, we'll go back to the old fashioned way. And I'm sure many of you probably prefer it that way after looking at, at our ugly mugs for the last few weeks. Um, so Steelers lose 2410 uh, to the Bengals, and and uh, you know. It was just ugly, awful. All those things. Uh, very little went right. Um, I, I mean, this team, Ian, has been one and two before. Uh, we we remember years when they were zero and four, and and came back to win eight out of their last twelve, and you know, finished respectfully. And and I, is it just me, or does this feel different to you right now? It feels a little different in
1: that. They seem like a team that's just out of ideas that has no clue what to do, even those other years when they were, when they started bad, it seemed like, you know, they had ideas about what to do. It just, you know, things weren't executing, things weren't going right. They they were turning the ball over. And that's the kind of thing, right? Like I, I looked back at, you know, some of the worst losses in Heinz field history. And, and this was, I think just like the sixth time that they had lost at home by 14 or more. Right. Um, and, and the most recent one, um, well, th- there was the Jacksonville game a few years ago when, went yeah. through yeah. like four or five interceptions got sacked a bunch of times, we lost like 30 to nine. And then right. the one before that was the uh, Monday night game against Chicago, I think yeah. 2013. That was the year we started 0 and 4, uh, and and you know that was another game where Ben got sacked a couple times. We turned the ball over. I think Chicago had at least one defensive touchdown and then returned another fumble or interception, like mm-hmm. pretty close to the goal line. So, you know when when there's things like that where it's like your your offense is moving the ball and doing things right and you're just like not scoring because you're turning the ball over like those are correctable things turnovers are correctable things now i don't even know where to start correcting because like and some of it is the offensive line play actually a lot of it's the offensive line plays just so bad that You know they don't have a lot of capacity to correct things like right like you can't say hey we want to throw the ball down the field more because throwing the ball down the field means your line has to block for longer than like 1.2 seconds um (laughs) and, and you know so or you know Najee harris having what what was the stat that that ben pulled out today like his his yards before contact is like one or 1.2 or something, something insanely low um, that, you know, you just, when you have no room, no space to do anything, it it impacts everything. And Mm -hmm. there's just, there's no, there's no easy fix for it. No, say. You, no. The, the fix is that the offensive line has to play better. Mm, Maggie and, sounds like I did on Sunday. I know she is. She's not happy that I will not let her play with my headset, but she keeps <laughs> trying to mute my microphone. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's better at stopping me from talking than the Steelers line is. at stopping people from uh,
0: getting penetration. Well, you know, it, it, it just, and, and you did a great job the week before kind of, taking a look at, at how close at some instances the offensive line was to really having big plays where, you know, four guys were doing the right thing and one missed a block or one didn't get to where he was supposed to go and, and, it, and it ended up being a two or three yard gain and, and could have been so much more. It, it seemed like we regressed a little bit and um, on, on Sunday because there, there were moments when, I mean, Kendrick Green, God love the young man. He's he's working his tail off, and and he's playing hard. But, man, he he just looked really bad on Sunday. Um, Kevin Dotson, I I don't know what the future is for him. I I really thought it was maybe higher than than actually what it is. Korafor left with a concussion and and didn't look all that great beforehand. I mean, Dan Moore. No, and Dan Moore (sighs) – I mean yeah, he's got moments where he, where he looks bad, but you know what, the guy's a rookie fourth round pick. He really didn't think and none of us thought he'd be in this position. So I'm not going to I'm not going to say too much about him just yet, but um, it, it's just bad and and you know, the the thing I would ask Ian, is did they make a mistake maybe by not bringing in a veteran line coach? Uh, from all the
1: reports that we're starting to hear, it sounds a lot like it, yeah. or at least that you know there's some, it, and and maybe it's not all on Adrian Clem, you know mm-hmm. maybe some of it's on Chris Morgan too, um, that it just seems like, I don't know that, either they're trying to do too much with young guys who they should be trying to simplify things for Mm -hmm. or that there's some kind of disconnect between, you know, the offensive coordinator and the style of plays and running and blocking that he wants to run versus what the line coaches are either teaching or what the guys up front are capable of running. Um, and, And that's really, I think, the most disheartening thing that even even bad teams like you know right now we're watching Jacksonville and yeah. Cincinnati they they at least try to put their players in positions to succeed um you know whereas like we're just running the same stuff we always run with players that aren't capable of running it and it's it's like when i said they have no ideas it's like They keep running the same things. And and Tomlin even said in his press conference, um, you know, when it got down to that, that fourth and goal call, he was like, well, you know, we'd, uh, how did he say it? We'd, we'd shot all of our bullets at that point. And it's like, my goodness, like you've, you had the whole off season, the whole preseason to prepare these guys. Like, didn't you go Mm -hmm. over situational football Um, and uh, like, you know, throw the damn ball in the end zone. Don't call a play. That and I understand, you know, what Ben said. He was like, Oh, well, you know, we kind of expected the Bengals to be in like a a picket fence defense and thought if we could, you know, check it down shorter and get some blockers out in front of them, but there was no blockers out in front of them. There was a swing pass to them, nothing. And and that's like, you know, even what Ben said doesn't match up with what the play actually was. So it was, it was just, it was, it was bad. It was, it was one of the worst games at Hinesfield that I've been to. Ever. I mean, it was going back to, you know, I had my, had my oldest son with me at the game and right. You know, he was, he was getting upset and uh, it was, it's, you know, funny when you hear your words come out of your kids' mouths because he's there screaming, like, What are you guys doing? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh man, you know, he's 10 years old and he's, he's, I was like, All right, well, you know, he's going to be like this for life, I guess, because he's my yeah. son. But, uh, but, but nevertheless, you know, I was trying to think, like, man, when was the last time I saw something this bad here? Um, and yeah, it was probably the, you know, that Jacksonville game, mm-hmm. the Bears game. And then before that, going back to like 2003, the year before we had. Ben, like there were some bad games that yeah year. um but yeah it's it's just uh I, and you know that's we have guys who get paid to figure these things out um more so than us dudes on a podcast but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they've, they've got to figure something out and and maybe it's that Ben Roethlisberger has to get out of his comfort zone a little bit and run some plays. He's not fully comfortable with, um, you know, maybe it's that he's got to try and push the ball a little bit more and not worry so much about turning the ball over. Um, cause he's turned the ball over on the short, simple stuff too. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe some of it is, yeah, the line has to play better, But, you know, maybe Ben's kind of seeing ghosts out there that, you know, even when he gets protection, he thinks it's going to break down because it's been so bad all the rest of the time. It's a good point. And, you know, but I felt like this this game was the worst of every Ben, right? Like the worst of the worst of old Ben was that he hung on for the to the ball for too long Mm -hmm. and then, you know, either tried to force something into coverage or, um, you know, took sacks or things like that. The worst of new ben or recent ben post elbow injury ben was you know just checking everything down just throwing short passes um you know and and receivers dropping balls and and we had all of that we had you know he he was not accurate on his deep balls um he had one where james washington had three steps on a guy and if he hits him in stride that's a touchdown um and it was just and then he made you know mistakes trying to force the ball into coverage he the, the first interception his arm got hit so that one i'm not as worried about the second mm-hmm. one which just absolutely horrible Atrocious. i mean even if even if he even if the linebacker doesn't pick it off the guy he threw it right to juju's double covered and that safety's probably going to pick it off i think it was von bell that was on him yeah um, he was there but yeah so you know, it's it's like, you know, if the one guy didn't get it, the other guy was going to, and it was just, it was, it was a bad, bad performance all around.
0: I I, I look at a lot of things, and I, you know, obviously Ben's an easy target simply because of the fact um, I think there's still a large contingent of Steeler Nation that that doesn't like him um and is taking this opportunity to pile on and, and that's fine you know that that that's Ben understands that's the territory being an NFL quarterback and having made some poor choices uh in his younger days and stuff but um there there's obviously a lot more his receivers can help him out a little bit um the drops the the incorrect reads which is leading to wrong routes being run Um, there, there are definitely other things going on here. And, and you kind of alluded a little bit to the fact that maybe Ben needs to get out of his comfort zone. And, and maybe this is a bigger point, Ian, bigger question, but do do you think we haven't seen the Matt Canada offense simply because Ben just doesn't want to run it? That's a great question. um. I my my
1: gut feeling and I have no inside sources on this but right. my my gut feeling is that it's a combination of factors. Some of it mm. is Ben's not entirely comfortable with it. Some of it is the players they have aren't capable of doing it yet. Right. Um and some of it is that you know they just game situations kind of dictate certain things, right? It's easy to run a lot of motion crazy stuff with the running game mm-hmm. um, when you're in a close game, even against Oakland or, or Vegas. You know, we were in we were in a close game for a lot of it, so we saw some more of the, the motion stuff happening. Um, they pretty much abandoned it against Cincinnati yeah. um, whenever they got down and had to kind of you know, get out there and and throw the ball a lot more and pretty much just regressed back to what they were at the tail end of last year. Yep. Um the the best the offense looked though was when they they it wasn't complete no huddle, but it was kind of that muddle huddle that they get yeah. in. Yeah. Um you know, they started picking up some first downs, they started playing with some rhythm. Um you know, Ben started to at, at least throw like eight to 10 yard out routes to guys that, you know, Mm -hmm. they they started moving the ball and and pushing it a little bit and using some tempo instead of just, you know, let's run a play. We'll get in the huddle, call something, trot out 30 seconds later. We'll snap it again. We'll get back in the huddle. You know, Mm -hmm. that that slow pace, just like, I don't know. I feel like Ben is a much better quarterback when he can control the rhythm of the game a little bit. Um, but, all that said, I do think that some of it is Ben likes what he's comfortable with. And mm-hmm. looking back, even through last year, right. We ragged on Randy Feekner for how bad his game planning was that, you know, they, they always say, Oh, the first 15 plays are scripted before the game yeah, starts. And yeah. you know, those are the ones they really like coming into the week. And those are the ones they want to run and, you know, think they can do something with and Feekner's, first quarter drives were always terrible and we're seeing yeah. it again this year so the the question might not be you know matt canada or randy feekner but mm-hmm. it might be you know hey if these are the ones that like ben wants to come out and run and says okay these are the ones i'm most comfortable with so we're going to run them at the beginning of the game uh maybe that's part of the problem that yeah, the the a good point ben wants to run are things that aren't working and then once they get into the flow of the game now last year once they got into the flow of the game and you know there were reports that ben was running no huddle and basically calling the whole offense himself uh and started to have some success but then you know this year too once you get into the the flow of the game some more and and canada has some you know input on play call by play call maybe we see a little more of it and we're only three weeks in too. so yeah you know it's a a small sample size but nevertheless you know that that's kind of been sticking with me that like when they decide on what those first 15 plays are that they're going to run which you know when you come out and go three and out on your first drive and then maybe get a first down and punt again on your second drive like you know those those 15 plays basically take you the whole first quarter um so if if those are the ones that the offense is the most comfortable with and they've practiced all week and that's what they're coming out and doing like maybe they need to reevaluate how they're picking their, their initial game script.
0: Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think there's a disconnect going on. I, I think Canada would like to be doing something else. I, I think Ben is kind of able to do the things that he feels comfortable with and the things that he wants to do right now. Um, and I think that's trumping anything else. And you know, ultimately, I I, I look at Mike Tomlin, and and uh, I have a hard time believing that when Ben went to them and said, you know, look, I'll come back, uh, I'll take a pay cut, I'll do whatever I need to do. You know, I, I have a hard time believing that that they just said, yeah, sure, and we're gonna you know have you do whatever you want to do. I I mean, Canada's offense is very different than Figner's offense but yet we haven't seen it yet. So like you said, it makes me wonder just how much of, of what we're seeing is is more about Ben than it is about anything else. And So therefore, I don't even know if it's fair to say anything positive or negative about Canada yet because maybe he just hasn't had a chance to really do what he wants to do. Um, but then again, that offensive line or or the inability of that offensive line is definitely creating problems because there's just some things you can't do. Um, if you can't block either in the run or, or in the pass, So I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's frustrating, but, uh, we'll, we'll continue to be here and talk about it. And, uh, just a reminder that the SCB Steelers podcast is presented by deck roofing of South Florida deck serves Broward in the Southern Palm beach counties, whether it's commercial industrial residential or condos contact deck roofing today by visiting deck (laughs) roofing.com. Do they do
1: multi-family? Um, ben and I had this argument once when you weren't on the show that we had to figure out if they did multi-family
0: or not. I I I am pretty sure they do. Uh, okay. I I I can talk to John Deck and get that answer. He's he's well shit. He's well asleep. <laughs> he's usually in bed by eight o'clock. Um. Yeah. Uh, I can definitely figure that out. Hey, hey, by the way, what are you drinking tonight? I forgot to ask. Oh her. yeah.
1: Um. Because I needed to you know burn away my brain cells from this loss i'm drinking a 100 proof old overhaul bottled in bond rye whiskey my goodness hello yeah. yeah uh
0: well i i went uh with uh i've got a i've got a yingling light lager but i've also got a a little glass here uh of of some um uh, e&j xo brandy um nice. i, I Ooh, stumped, uh, stumbled on. yeah i know i stumbled on this uh this summer with my brother-in-law and um it's it's not exactly a real expensive thing you can get it at most stores but man it's got just a really nice flavor and uh definitely a sipping type of uh uh alcohol that's for sure so yeah and i i like you and i felt like i needed to burn away the the sorrows that's for damn sure yeah
1: uh do we have to read the draft kings promo too
0: I, I will. Yeah, even though okay. we're doing uh we're we're doing I'll do that at some point here shortly right. as well. Um I I don't really want to belabor it too long here but uh the fourth down and 10 play um I mean what was what was going on in the stadium when when that happened? I, I mean, I can't even imagine. You probably had to do earmuffs on your poor son because I can only imagine the he, language. He
1: he learned some new phrases. I will put it that way. Yeah, um, I I told him I warned him before the game. I said, you know, you're yeah. probably gonna hear some bad words, right? You know, just <laughs> I'm like, just don't repeat them. You know, it's right. like you're gonna hear them. It's fine. I've I've been going to games since I was six years old. So, you know, I was like, I know what you're going to hear. It's fine. Just don't repeat them, right? And actually, this game, there were a lot fewer Bengals fans than there were Raiders fans. The week before, there were a lot of Raiders fans. And I expected a lot of Bengals fans, too, just because of how much closer Cincinnati is than vegas or oakland or los angeles or wherever the hell raiders fans come from right. um but but there weren't uh there was a lot more steelers fans and they were yeah it was it was it was bad i mean there was a lot of you know uh you know i mean everyone was pretty much like they gave up we're fucking out of here you know it's yeah. Yeah, a lot of people left after that um, i can imagine but it was it was it was bad um But it it was kind of funny after the game, you know, my son told my wife, he was like, yeah, there was a lot of people saying cuss words and, and daddy even said the S word twice. And I was like, (laughs) I'm thinking like, what? And then I realized like that my kid is somewhat sheltered and thinks that sucks is the s word so i'm like oh i did say sucks you're right yeah mm-hmm. yep i i said the s word twice you're right buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like okay you know but uh yeah well it, it, i i do my best not to swear around my kids right um, i mean it happens every now and then they've heard me say much worse Only human. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've seen me watch football. They've seen me watch other sports. They've yep. you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, they've, I, they've, I... they've been in a car with me when I'm driving and other people do stupid stuff. You know, it is what it is. Um yeah. but yeah. So and uh, they've done they're, that. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, I actually had one other thought on the offensive line, not to yeah. belabor that point either. Yeah. But they've had Kendrick Green making the protection calls up front. So, you know, in the past it was, well, for a while it was Ramon Foster and right. then it was Pouncy and DeCastro was kind of helping out with, you know, pointing the calls, calling the mic, that stuff. And I mean, to to ask a third round rookie to, you know, make those protection calls up front, it's a little surprising to me, to be honest. I mean, on one hand, yep. it kind of speaks to his abilities and, you know, maybe – In the long term, there's something there. Mm -hmm. But the other hand, like you've got Trey Turner standing right next to him, who's a seasoned veteran. Like, wouldn't it kind of help the young guy to have somebody else be like, hey, we need to block this guy. And, and, you know, maybe maybe some of the the problems up front aren't just the ability levels of the guys. But it's, you know, some of the protection calls that are getting made, too, because you have a, a rookie out there making those calls. And and like I said, for years they didn't they didn't throw that right onto to That was um you know that was Ramon Foster for mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. made the the protection calls. Um so just a, a thought and something to keep an eye on too how that might change if you know it looks like Kendrick Green's gonna be okay. Um you know hopefully for him he is and right. um because I, I think he is better than JC Hassenhauer. Um the other one though, you know I was sitting there at the game thinking like Joe haig can't be any worse than what a Corifor is not doing out here. So I can't even say doing right. 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 I mean, a, a Corifor was was basically the equivalent of like a, a turnstile at a, a stadium. That like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna you know maybe slow you down for a second, but not much more than that. um And yeah, and and I. I can't say that Haig played any worse than Four was. So, um, you know, I saw Zach Banner return to practice this week, so they have three weeks now to reactivate him, and we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, he's only played in half a game for over the last year. So, you know, I don't know if he's the answer there either. I don't really think Haig is the answer, but uh, it really can't be worse than what Four was doing either.
0: No, I, I'm with you, and my my feeling with Hague is if Hague can just get in people's way and maybe run block a little bit better, then I'm fine with it. I, yeah, I, I mean, really, I mean, I I'm just stunned at the regression of Corifor. I I don't know if he got mixed up, screwed up because of the moves from left to right to left re- back to right. You know, I I don't know. I mean, the guy's balance just hasn't been there at all. He gets out over his toes. He gets back pushed backwards. I mean, it's just one thing after another. And and I I I just don't. I'm at a loss for words with him. Um, so yeah, he yeah, can't do no do any worse.
1: Yeah, and, and I think even going back to the draft, um, you know, a lot of what we saw out of a four and you probably knew him better than any of us, being a, a Western Michigan guy. Yeah, um, that it was. You know, he had the the size. Uh, in the frame to yep. you know potentially be an NFL tackle um and his his hands were pretty good and his strength was pretty good but his footwork was just atrocious and our thought was kind of like well if they can teach him the lower body stuff then he's probably going to be okay yeah. um but he had what two years on the bench to kind of learn that where where it was kind pretty of much you know where he wasn't forced into action um and then really his his first experience was that Rams game um a couple years ago in 2019 wherever Mm -hmm. they moved Matt Filer into guard to try and help deal with McDonald and put a core four out at tackle and he he played pretty well that game yeah Um, very respectably yeah and uh you know and then they they had to plug him in last year at, at right tackle but even last year it was you know the the lower body stuff just wasn't there. Like, you know, he got, he, he gets bull rushed and just blown away. Like he's on skates yeah. out there.
0: Like it's just and, not close. One of the things they liked about him is he had a soccer background and um, his, his, his native Africa. And I don't remember exactly which country he was from, but he played a lot of soccer. So, so the, the, the nimbleness was there. It's just that the actual technique and the footwork necessary has not, has not grown. Um, and it's, it's just, like you said, the balance issue alone has cost him and he gets bull rushed. He gets pushed over. I mean, there's a couple of, uh, of shots on on video. If you get a chance to see the, the, the tape, I mean, it's just, it's like, Oh my God, Jukes, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I, I, it is what it is. I don't want to stay on the offensive line too long. We would probably do that already, but, uh, that's what happens when it's the worst unit right now there. Yeah. Um, defensively um, we could, and I'm just going to say could, could get TJ Watt back. We could get Alex Highsmith back. Joe Hayden's a possibility. Um, I I mean, look, we were playing basically last week without five starters Um, and, and it showed it absolutely showed. Um, And, and, and so this week, if you get those guys back, I think it helps tremendously Cam Hayward today was pretty critical of the defense. He said, "You know this isn't all on the offense, and um, I would say to his point, we're not turning teams over, and clearly we didn't get to the quarterback last week, ending our our streak at seventy five games with a sack so yeah I, I mean w- and, defensively and that, what's your thought
1: that that said though we did get a couple pressures on the quarterback and did draw a couple holding calls that like would have been sacks if we wouldn't have gotten held. Um, So there, there was a, you know, there, it wasn't like we were completely pressureless and and Burrow does have some maneuverability back there. Um, But, but nevertheless, you're right. We did not get a sack for the first time in 75 games, um, which was disappointing. But yeah, I mean, when, when you're down to, You know, Jameer Jones and Derek Tuska, although, you know, I kind of expected a little more on Melvin Ingram, but they were dropping him into coverage, too. Um, I think the they they may have out schemed themselves a little bit on defense. Um, You know, they were when you go back and watch it, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot of first down plays where. And the Bengals were going heavy, right? They were going with more tight ends and things like yeah, that. definitely. If they were taking Terrell Edmonds off the field, moving Cam Sutton to safety and playing, you know, with James Pierre and Joe Hayden on the outside. And I was kind of like, uh, like, Edmonds isn't great in coverage, but he's a decent tackler so like yeah. and he's a decent run defender Good like athlete. i i don't know what the thought process was there and Tomlin got asked about in his press conference he was like oh that was game plan specific and that was pretty much all he said but like mm-hmm. you know i i'm not sure what the the thought process was there if you know they felt like jamar chase was such a threat that they needed to shade him over the top with with cam sutton instead of with right um you know, Terrell Edmonds, although, you know, chase got loose the the one time and really burned us. Um, But, but yeah. And, and, you know, I thought Minka had a better game this week than he did last week. He got the big pass deflection that led to the interception, um, Mm -hmm. even though the offense turned around and turned it over. Again turned it right after back. That. Yeah. But um, you know, Minka did kind of make that play, which that was an awful throw by Burrow. That play, he had Tyler Boyd in the slot on Devin Bush. And yeah. um and Boyd ran a, a deep post and Minka got in there and and essentially made the play to to pop the ball from the air. But Burrow made a bad throw on that too. He threw it behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean they 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 had that all day. They were Teams have figured us out defensively, schematically. That we're we're still matching from the outside in. And I actually tweeted about this during the yes, game. She did. Yep. That um, you know, basically, what Cincinnati was doing was they were taking one of their tight ends on Joe Hayden's side and splitting him out wide. And then sometimes it was mix, and they were taking a running back, putting him yep. to the inside of the tight end. So they took Hayden and Sutton. Covering those two guys. And then, boom, you put Tyler Boyd in the slot, you know, right next to the offensive line. And when you match outside in like that, all of a sudden it's Devin Bush on Tyler Boyd. And that's exactly what happened on their touchdown that, you know, Boyd ran that same you know, inside out route that uh, Keenan Allen burned us on that Jarvis Landry burned us on. It's it's the same thing it's happening over and over again. And we keep defending it the same way. Um, You know, the, you, get a guy on a linebacker who's shading to the inside, you run right at him for 5 yards, you take one step to the inside, he mirrors you, you cut to the outside, you've got your yard and a half of separation, which is all you need in the NFL, and there's your catch and then, you know, with Boyd's touchdown, Melvin Ingram bounced off of him and didn't right. get him on the ground and he ran in for the score. But nevertheless, the the play that happened before it was, you know, they they had that all day. Basically, whenever they wanted to line up like that, they
0: could and the Steelers just kept matching him the mm-hmm. same way. When, I, yeah, it's, I don't understand it. It's, it's insanity. It's, it is the true definition of insanity. I don't understand why we keep doing it. Um, it, it's happened for years now. And, and I, I just, I'm uh, at a point where I don't have any explanation for it. Um, to continue to allow linebackers to get on slot receivers and, and stuff. I just, I just don't get it. Um, I, I, obviously, it's the system that that Tomlin and and Butler are are using, and it's what they approve of. But um, I, I they they must have a higher uh, they they hold these linebackers and and stuff in higher regard than I think we do uh, in terms of what they expect them to do. Because it just it just does not make sense to me at all. Um, let me uh, real quick just let everybody know that that ever since we went over to. Um, the Pigskin Podcast Network, we're, we're really, you know, proud to be uh, associated with them, all the stuff they've done for us. And, you know, one of their major sponsors is, of course, DraftKings. And, and you know, I know some of you are deeply involved with DraftKings and some of you are not. But, um, you know, definitely give it a shot. Download the uh, Sports King, or excuse me, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. $5 minimum deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com for more, but it's a really easy, cool deal. Even I figured out how to do it. So definitely uh check that out if you would. Um Green Bay this week. Uh Ian, um yeah. they, they they're playing better. Um they went down the field in 37 seconds to get a get a big field goal to beat San Francisco. Uh, on Sunday night and um, they seem to be coming together a little bit Uh, they have good skill guys they obviously have a fairly decent quarterback Uh, they can run the ball a little bit too and um, yeah what in the hell are we going to do this week against the 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 Packers to win this game Um, I mean
1: for starters we have to cover Devontae Adams and I mean if I if I was the Steelers and I'm not, but if I was, mm-hmm. I would put Joe Hayden on Devonte Adams wherever he went on the field, whether it's in the slot, whether it's the left side, whether it's the right side, it doesn't matter like you are following that guy around and you just you put your best corner on their best receiver and you hope and see what happens. um their other receivers are okay but not great like yeah Valdez Scanling's basically a deep threat that they're kind of going to throw one or two deep balls to a game and you just hope he doesn't catch them or you know Mm -hmm. um but actually the the guy that is the one to watch is Robert Tanya their tight end um he's kind of come out of nowhere last year to, to develop into a really good secondary threat Aaron Jones the running back is really good um you know, it was a guy that some people had tied to the Steelers potentially in free agency before mm-hmm. he signed with Green Bay, um, and he's having a good year. So it's, uh, you know, he's a, a strong, powerful runner that can make plays in both the run and the passing game, and it's it's going to be tough. I mean, it's it's going to be really, really difficult, especially going up to Lambo with the crowd there and everything. It won't be the frozen tundra because it'll be in October, but that's right. Uh, never nevertheless, it, it's still going to be a difficult atmosphere to to play in um yeah offensively i mean you kind of have to figure you're not going to hold aaron rodgers to like 7 points or 10 no. points or no. even 17 points like w- what happened in week 1 against the saints was an anomaly um you're going to you're going to basically have to the steelers are going to have to score more than 27 points to win this game is is what it is yeah. um you know and if they do then they'll have a chance but you know they they haven't shown that they can score more than 27 points in in two games this year combined mm-hmm. let right. alone one um so uh, offensively i mean obviously you know the defense got that or the special teams got the touchdown against right. buffalo but nevertheless um yeah, it's, I mean, Green Bay is going to score. Devontae Adams is going to get his catches. It's kind of like when we played Stefan Diggs the first week, right? Yeah. Probably going to use a similar game plan of, you know, he's going to get his, but you got to try and limit him after the catch and you got to try and prevent him in, the big spots for making big plays. San Francisco last week decided, oh, we're not going to cover Devonte Adams with 37 seconds. It's bit left of a problem. Yeah, bit of a problem. Yeah, that yeah. that kind of contributed to Aaron Rodgers marching them down the field. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be difficult, and I fully expect you know Matt Lafleur is a pretty good offensive mind and mm-hmm. knows how to exploit things. And if we don't, if we keep doing what we're doing on defense, they're going to find ways to exploit it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that might be the best way to go in terms of, of, you know, the, the similar Buffalo approach with, with Adams. Um, uh, you know, the, you know, they got Randall Cobb back and Alan Lazards there. So, you know, it's not a a great stable of receivers, but it's, it's guys that are just talented enough to, to be a thorn in our sides. And, um, i i actually i was uh uh on a podcast a little bit before we started this one and and just a big thanks out to uh lombardi's uh, uh legends podcast there in Green bay uh, a couple of great guys there and um you know they asked me for a prediction and I said sure i said twenty seven seventeen and and I said packers and they about fell over' because I didn't pick my home my home team and i said hey i I don't see us scoring enough to beat them I just don't I mean, look at what we've done the last three weeks. We we Our offense just cannot score. Now, that said, I don't know that the Green Bay defense is uh, a bunch of world beaters either. I think there's some opportunities to get plays on them. Question is, can everything come together at the right time? Can you get the offensive line to do what they need to do, and then the receivers to do what they need to do, and of course, Ben to deliver the ball? So um, I, that that's kind of where I am, and I, I gave away my prediction already, but um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I'm going to be really, really curious to see how, how this game transpires. Um, you know, if, if I'm green Bay and I win the toss, I'm absolutely giving the ball to the Steelers first. Uh, we, we just can't seem to do anything with it when we get it. And, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think somebody's going to have to Play much better than they usually do, and and if put it this way, if Watt and Highsmith and Hayden, if any of those combinations can't go, I think we're in real trouble. And you did mention real quick, and uh, Jameer Jones, he's now a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Um, yeah, he was. He, is. he was. Yeah, he was waived this week by the Steelers and they added Derek uh, Tsuka to uh, the 53 man roster. And I, you know, I'll be honest, I I thought Tsuka was okay. I was surprised the number of snaps he was getting. I didn't see one particular flash or splash play to make me say, oh, yeah, they got to keep this guy on the roster. I I mean, did you see anything with him? No, I I mean, I I saw
1: him out there playing and I was like, oh, yeah, there's that guy. Um, and you know i i kind of watched him a little bit and he didn't play terrible but he didn't flash either um you know he set the edge kind of nicely on a couple running plays um but but yeah i mean it wasn't wasn't anything that right i mean like jameer jones flashed in the preseason and was a guy that we were like hey there's there's something here um so i was really surprised by that um you know but but i guess yeah I, i don't know what they were thinking there so no idea. But you yeah. know, another another guy that we kinda just let go is Ola Denny, who has two and a half sacks already down in Tennessee. Yep. So um, you know, and and I don't think they signed him to all that much money. Um no, no. but and it's it's also not like Tennessee didn't sign other guys, Bud Dupree, um mm-hmm. and have Harold Landry on the team who they drafted a few years ago out of Boston College as well. So like they had pass rushers. Ola wasn't going to be anything higher than the number three pass rusher there, anyways, right. even though he's leading their team in sacks right now. Um, but and Dupree doesn't have any just for the record. For the um, record. For the record. Um, not making any commentary, just for the record. Right. But um, you know, but we also landed Melvin Ingram, who's looked pretty good so far. Um yeah but yeah i mean having having watt and highsmith back would make a huge difference both in the run game and the pass game i mean there was there was some plays that those those cutback runs Ugh. that joe mixon had that i was like yeah. oh man if tj watt was out there that would be like maybe a 3 yard gain at most and that was a 7 or 8 yard gain mm-hmm. um you know they just closed down the line so much faster on the backside. yep yep yeah
0: i, I... What was I, I was just gonna ask? you, oh, something you, you asked about you asked that. about
1: the you asked about Green Bay's defense. Um yeah. Yeah, just just don't throw the ball near Jair Alexander. Um yeah. that guy's got really good range for a cornerback. He does, um, he's long, he's long, and you know Green Bay's Green Bay's defensive front is okay. They're they're not great. They're not terrible. They're mm-hmm. they're, they're okay. I think
0: Kenny um, Clark is solid. The rest of them don't really do anything for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, New Orleans ran for 171 yards. Detroit ran for 108 yards against them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the 49ers only ran for 67. Although the 49ers like all their running backs were injured, they, so right. That. They
0: they literally have somebody from Fisherman's Wharf running the ball right now. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Um, So so,
1: yeah, I mean, there's there's ways to exploit Green Bay's front. Um, You know, they don't have a I I guess Preston Smith is still their top pass rusher, Um, you know, but uh, he's only got one sack so far this year. Green Bay only has five sacks as a team on Mm -hmm. through three games. So it's not like they're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Right. Um, But. You know, it's it's one of those things where you kind of like you need the line to actually play as well. Like, yeah, Green Bay's got the 16th ranked run defense, ninth ranked pass defense. So right middle middle of the road run defense, probably a little better than average pass defense basically is, is what we're looking at.
0: Yeah. And, uh, it's a, it's a later afternoon kick. Uh, we've been fortunate. We've had the three straight one o'clocks, which, which most people prefer. And, uh, now we, we get the four, twenty five slot there and, um, probably a national TV audience too. So, uh, I, I just hope we, we play better. Um, I, I don't even know that I necessarily need a win. I would just take, uh, the offense scoring some points this week. The offense doing some different things, protecting, running, all those kinds of things. Um, be, because uh, I, 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 it hasn't hit rock bottom yet, and I haven't hit the panic button. But man, my hands hovering over that sucker right now. Um, what's what's your prediction? I've already kind of given mine away.
1: Yeah, um, Green Bay has scored. Th- after scoring just three the first week of the year, mm-hmm. they've scored thirty plus the last two weeks. So I'll say Green Bay thirty-one to seventeen.
0: Yeah, I've I've got it twenty-seven seventeen. I I think the the defense will will come to play. I think Cam will fire these guys up and and uh they're not they're not gonna want to get embarrassed, that's for sure. And Um, so we'll, we'll see, but, uh, anyway, thank you so much as always for listening to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of South Florida. And, uh, for Ian, this is steel dad signing off and Hey, go Steelers Ravens suck.